Welcome to the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast, where we feature unscripted interviews with graduates of the United States Military Academy Class of 1991. The Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast with your host, Jamie Schleck, starts now. All right. Well, uh, welcome, everybody, to uh, episode 21 of the Old Grad Podcast, and it's our great honor to have tonight Colonel Mark Beeger, who is Chief of Staff uh, at West Point. And uh, Mark, are you able to hear me? I am. I can. Awesome. Awesome. So I have, to, I have to say, I am flying a little bit without a net here. It's the first time I'm doing this without Joe, uh, who is kind of the guy that's the engineer and, the, and the, uh, he owns all this equipment and everything. And he's yeah. also... Uh, his real job is like an OEM coordinator for the town, and there was like this huge, um, I don't know what the weather was like up there. It was like, like brutally hot all day, and suddenly like this, uh, this cold front came in and created like this huge storm. He's got all kinds of trees down and highways blocked, oh, wow. and so he's out, on the, he's out on the road. He just talked me through how to get this thing set up, and uh, I, think right. we're, I think we're up and running. I think we're, I think we're live, so... Uh, Okay. So uh, it should be working here. So um, how are things? How, how, how's, how's West Point these days? Uh, really good. We had a uh, hot but uh, a great day here with the, the ice cream social for our, uh, you know, for the beast, the new cadets. And uh, so we had a, you know, awesome afternoon uh, seeing them off into everybody's homes and then uh, getting them on their way. Uh, huge, huge, the storm you just described just passed through and and we just uh, we saw a beautiful sunset over the Hudson River, so it's awesome. It's great. So, you, did you host a bunch of cadets at your house? We did. We had uh, we we had five of them. Uh, I think that's what we've been doing the last few years. But uh, we had five today, and they were they were great. I tell you, every one of them. You know, every now and then you get one or two that you know are kind of quiet that don't really want to you know say too much. But this group of five was just uh, really really good. All, all all parts of the country, California. Texas, Georgia, New York, and uh, all of them have a, an amazing story. And uh, my wife and I got, you know, we got more out of the afternoon than they did. They got some good ice cream, too, but uh, it was really good. So do you get, here's a question for you, and maybe like this behind the scenes stuff, people are always so intrigued by that. So, I mean, first first of all, we're going to get into your, your personal situation, but you have, you have a plebe, you have a, you, your son yeah. is, is there. So was he one of the five that you had? No, we, uh, they're, they're pretty good about the, uh, you know, sticking to the rules. But, uh, yeah, so he was a few houses down at a, at a neighbor's uh, down the street, which was killing us. We wanted to, of course, you know, head down there and give him a big hug. But, you know, we FaceTimed him for a good good while, and he got to, you know, hang out with his, his buddies down the street. So how is it, like, how are they matched up? Like, like do, how, do, how do these five, like, I'm sure there's no randomness, right? How do these five cadets end up being the ones that come to your house? Well, they, you know, they got a neat, um, I don't know how many years we've been doing this, but just, you know, an online system where you can get on there and you can request, you know, so there was maybe two cadets that I was, or three cadets I was requesting, one or two of them, somebody had already requested. And then I just, you know, I said, hey, random for the, you know, the rest of the, the four or five, you know, or to, to make five. Uh, so there's some, you know, by design, you know, people can request, but then I'd say, you know, probably majority of them are, you know, it's just random kind of distribution across all the volunteers. 
So these these cadets are not. Were they from the same company or were they like from? No, the, totally all over. Yeah, uh, so they're meeting each A4, other. Yeah. So they're meeting What's each that? other. They're kind of meeting each other for the first time yeah. too here, right? Yeah. In fact, I think all five of them were different companies, different regiments. So that was kind of neat too, just to see them share the you know because everyone you know everyone thinks that you know A one is the you know toughest company, which it probably still is, but uh, you know so they've got all the you know the rumors and, and the. Uh, you know, just the stories going around. So it's neat to watch them. I mean, just getting to know each other and for a little while anyway, just getting to relax. And what, so is this also the detail change? So this is where first yeah. detail and second detail switch out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they got through their first three weeks and, uh, this is like really their first, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, Jamie, how every minute is accounted for, um, you know, as, as you can imagine. But so they got through the first three weeks, they had four and a half hours with us today right and then we dropped uh we dropped our group off just across the street here at arvin gym so they turned a corner you know into the uh kind of the area there you know between the gym and, and the soup's house and and they were just getting crushed you know the upper class when we were tearing into them so it was uh you know it brings back a lot of memories but uh you know they got three more weeks left in beast and uh you know one more week kind of here in garrison and then two weeks in the field and then they get to Join the Corps on, on acceptance day. So, where's your house at? So we're we're uh, we're the we're right next to the dean, I guess. So okay. we're in in this little kind of grouping of six homes called Professors Row. I'm the only non-professor. I get I get lucky and get to squeeze in here. And our neighbors give us a hard time about that. I don't have a PhD, so um, yeah. So it's nice. It's perfect perfect location, and for hosting you know things like this, it's you know it's incredible. Is that the same? Does the chief of staff always reside in that same home? I think it's gone back. Um, not always. I think uh, maybe five chiefs of staff. Uh, I forget to, the name of the chief who somehow you know there was a vacancy here, and he he laid claim to it, and then the chiefs you know have held on to it mm-hmm. uh, with uh, you know with an iron iron fist, I guess, trying to keep this this um, ideal location. But um, yeah, so it, it's not forever, but it's like five chief staffs back. Yeah, speaking of being down to the minute, I saw um, Colonel Rich Morales, who I think is your neighbor. Yeah. He posted, yeah. like, down to the minute, like, there's, like, four minutes left, and they were, like, that's when they right. started walking back to uh, to, to yeah. go go back to Beast. Yeah. Yeah, so. he's incredible. I mean, that you know, the whole, you know, every, I mean, all of our department heads, all, all of our, uh, that's a neat part about coming back to West Point is just seeing the, the caliber of uh, faculty, you know, tax coaches. I mean, the whole crew is unbelievable. You know, Rich is one of the, you know, at the very top, but, uh, they're all, they're all amazing too. It's, and it's neat to have them as neighbors. Yeah. We're hoping that Rich may join the board actually for the nonprofit that I work for. So I've been oh, heavily, heavily recruiting him and, uh, oh, he's got my vote. Yeah. He's also the OIC for the baseball team. So my nephew yep. is, uh, he plays baseball. So I, I've got to know him awesome. a little bit through that. Through, through yeah. that. So here's another behind the scenes question. Do you get reimbursed for your ice cream? Like, like, is there, uh, no. Is there, no, no. So you, you have to like lay out the money for that. There's not like a, a yeah, special yeah. allowance for yeah. that. No, no, no special allowances. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people, you know, they, they lay out some amazing spreads too, but uh, yeah, you know, that's all, it's just all part of the deal. It's for the flag. You just, you just got to pony up yeah. and do it. Right. Right. Awesome. So now you've been there for how long? It's chief of staff. Just a little over two years. Uh, uh-huh. I got here in 2000. Uh, summer of 17. So just a little over two. And so how do you land that job? I mean, that's like a pretty sweet 
pretty sweet deal. Like, is this the kind of thing you yeah. begin talking to people a couple years ahead of time? Like, you get kind of tapped, like, hey, listen, yeah. how, how does that work? Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but um, for me, it was just luck and timing, really. I was just, uh, I was working for an amazing boss out in Hawaii, uh, General Brown, and uh, uh, I mean, Brown? love in Hawaii. General Bobby Brown? Yes, yes, ah, yeah. The, the and, uh, uh, basketball player guy, yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. class 81, he's, he's incredible. But um, So we were loving life out there, and, um, you know, this job was, was coming open, and, you know, I threw my name in the hat uh, a couple of interviews later, got lucky enough. It helps to have, you know, classmates and friends and, and people that are serving here that, that um, you know, can vouch for you or, you know, maybe say a good word or two, but uh, lie sometimes, whatever. But, uh, yeah, the um, so it, it was timing, luck, and uh, and I got to, you know, I had the honor of serving for General Caslin his his last year as, as a soup, and then uh, this past year with General Williams. So it's been, it's been really neat too. And I, I don't know if every chief has had that kind of experience being able being lucky enough to serve for two superintendents. So it's been pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Last week. Oh, oh, by the way, um, I know that you hadn't list, listened to any of the podcasts when we did a pre-call yesterday, but did yeah. you get a chance to listen to anything? Yesterday? I did. Yeah. I got, I listened to, I think like four or five of them. They're great. Really? So it was fun. Yeah. Wow. What, really so good. What 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 jumped out of you? What 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 made you? What what was memorable? Uh, you know, I just thought the uh, for me it was the you know the flood of memories of stories. Uh, you know, because uh, I'm just not I'm not really good at that. You know, I can't unless I really sit hard and think. You know, about uh, different experiences. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff is is a, a blur to me. I'm sure you know, like a lot of our classmates. So I remember the the, the real. Um, you know, the moments that kind of, you know, engraved in your minds, but, uh, you know, the, the in-between moments are, are tough sometimes. So I was just enjoying, you know, listening to some of the stories and, and reflecting back on our, on our shared experiences. You know, uh, Ed Ross still on the, uh, the GOAT. I mean, that's just incredible. And the, the behind the scenes of that story, that was, that was a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, it was good. That, that, that's probably the best part for me. Yeah. Speaking of that goat, so you're in that video, the video that General Caslin did when when they heisted the goat from Navy. Yeah. Now, was that just made for TV or was that like legit? Did you guys actually steal the goat? No, I was totally. Uh, oh, that would have been great. That would have been awesome. They've they've got that thing so so locked down, but uh, yeah, it's totally made for TV. Okay. And okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we had a. It was just. I mean the. The AV team went way above and beyond in the you know the script of that thing, and it, it became like a little mini epic. But uh, I, had, I had a small piece in there. Yeah, I, I, saw, I know. I remember. I remember you. Tar- you like there's a picture of you like all systems are ghosts or or whatever. Yeah. You did. yeah. Yeah. And the worst part is it took me like 10 cuts just to do that one. <laughs> like it took me 10 tries just to get that, and that's, that's the only piece they gave me. So they they, they cut me out of the rest of the story after that. There must be you must have your own obviously get your own AV like team like constantly cranking out videos yes. like yeah. Does that where does that fall? Like, is that under like yeah. uh, PAO or something? Or? Yeah, it's on, it's on our PAO. We got a great public affairs team. I mean, they are really really good um, civilians. Uh, we got a non-commissioned officer in there and, and a couple really talented officers. But um, there's a gentleman named uh, Carmine Cochia, um, who's legendary around here. Has been here for decades, and he runs our AV team inside of the PAO shop. And he's got. He's got a group of uh, civilians down there that are just unbelievable. And then the, the cadets have a club, too. They're closely uh, linked to the PAO shop. So a lot of that, you know, a lot of the imagination footage, and, you know, a lot of the neat stuff comes from the cadets. But they really are incredible. It's, it's a neat group to watch and, uh, you know, just kind of cheer on. 
So we should say hello to f- several of our classmates we have because there's there's quite a few that are on the line here listening. So there we're, pl- oh. we're we're plugged into Facebook, so we're able to listen to it live on Facebook. But this is only our class page, right? So only okay. people that are verified classmates. And then the other thing too, is, you know, speaking of the PAO, and I know like you are like a you're you're a public basically a public official. So I mean, you know, we want to be um, mindful of the fact that uh, you know some of this stuff we want to maintain some good opsec right Thanks. so yeah. yeah so so this so this podcast is actually going to be password protected when it is up on podbean and so wow. the so the password is going to be dsbd uh, i think i'm going to continue to use that passcode for for the future podcast cuz it's just i think it's okay. just good practice i, I don't want to That's necessarily great. yeah yeah so so yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, Jamie, if I start rambling in, a, in an area that I probably shouldn't, please cut me off. Okay. If I get you know, too carried away, whatever. Okay. Yeah. No, no problem. No problem. Yeah. Um, we got we got a question from uh, Jeff Simpson. He wants to know: Does the commissary run out of ice cream when you're doing ice cream social? I, th- th- that's a good practical question. What happens to all that ice cream? It does run out. It's a uh, yeah. It's kind of a it's, it's a little panic mode at the end if you haven't planned ahead and you know, stocked up. If you're a day or two, you're, you're driving to Cornwall or, you know, somewhere else to find that ice cream. Those, those places are probably sold out too. But yeah. It sells out. I bet. I bet that would totally be me. I'd be like going to the commissary the yeah. day. I'd be like, Oh shit. I got to drive to, you know, Newburgh to get ice cream or yeah. something. I mean, they got like peppermint mint in there, you know, so, or whatever, you know, they got some of the crazy, you know, flavors that are still on the shelf and nobody wants to eat that. Yeah. So we got Rob Blumkus on the line, Jeff Simpson, Terry Rice, uh, Ted Harvela. I think I saw awesome. Brad Hamaker, John Abercrombie, wow. Scott Clemenson. Oh, uh, who else? Our Is president. Yeah. yeah president. So the uh, so no ninety two or ninety three. So we can talk trash about the other totally other can. classes. Totally okay, can. Okay. Eric Kelly's on. Scott Halstead's on. Oh. Um, so anyway, we got a, we got, we got a, a good, good bunch of people. What will happen is, you know, classmates will kind of cycle on, cycle off. and might, pump, you know, punch in a couple of questions that I could respond to. Um, and okay. then what happens is this whole thing gets saved and then it gets cranked down into Podbean and we put it up on Podbean and it'll be, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot more, I, I know that you listen on Podbean. Um, it's yeah. a lot more, um, convenient to listen on Podbean, I think, yeah. just cause you can okay. kind of jump around. Well, Jamie, just Please don't let me lose my job. I don't want to lose my job. I, over this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I promise okay, you. Good. I promise you. I'm ready to go. So now, so we're going to follow, I think our, our traditional uh, trajectory for the podcast, which is we talk about the here and now, and then we'll go all the way back to pre 1987. You know, what made you want to go to West Point, talk about some cadet okay. stories, talk about the army and come back up to present day. That's the, okay. we'll try to stick to that timeline. So, so present okay. day right now, um, tell me about your family. What's the situation? there yeah so uh we've got uh, so i'm married to uh, the former amy altai she was in the class of 92 there so i guess we can talk trash about 92 but uh she was in she was in 92 there for about two years and then transferred uh we got married three years later or so and uh and then you know been happily married ever since so at least for me for sure but uh we've got three boys um the oldest is a first lieutenant down at Fort Bragg. Uh, he's currently sweating his tail off at JRTC. Um, the middle boy uh, we just FaceTimed earlier. He's at uh, Benning. Just got a just got a range of school, and he's waiting on an airborne slot. And he'll be heading to Fort Campbell uh, once he gets done with airborne school. And then the youngest, like you said earlier, is a uh, class twenty three. 
So both your sons who are commissioned, they're commissioned, are they, what, what branch are they? Uh, both infantry. Oh, just like and, the old man. Yeah. Just like dad. Yeah. yeah they, uh, yeah. Amy tried to talk them out of it, you know, try to get them to go to aviation or, you know, something a little bit more exciting maybe, but, um, yeah, they were, they were kind of, they were, they were set on that, you know, I don't know, maybe just watching me or whatever, but they, uh, yeah, they both decided to go to infantry. So, uh, so Amy, your wife, um, so she was class 92 and then she, then, so where did she go end up going to school after she left the academy? Yeah, she graduated uh, out at Illinois, Western Illinois, at a Quincy, Uni- Quincy University, which yeah. is uh, Quincy, Illinois, you know, right along the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. Did you guys date like while you were a cadet? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, like, and so, did, when did you get married? Uh, we got married in '92, so a year after. Yeah, I went to you know Benning with all of our all of our classmates. You know, fought through that year, and then um, she graduated. I guess in uh, May '92, and we got married a couple weeks later. So I've been dragging her. Yeah. What's it like for her? She's obviously in the army. You guys have you guys have had like you bounce around a, a lot. You probably run across a lot a lot of '92 grads. Does she run across yeah. pe- people that she? Were yeah, her, all the time. Yeah, okay. All the time. There's a there's a big uh, and I, of course I won't try to talk trash, but but there's a there's a strong. Uh, presence of 92 here at the academy a few of our department heads a couple of our pusimas mm-hmm. uh you know really amazing really amazing talented people but they they really take care of amy as kind of a you know a former classmate uh, so she's kind of she's part of the 92 team as well you know what's interesting too i remember general brown his wife molly was also a former cadet did you know patty. that patty, Pat, was patty, patty brown patty okay yeah that's right but yeah yeah she was she was here for uh, i think about a year Right. Um, and then, yeah, she transferred as well. That was interesting. I mean, I, she was, they were the sponsors for my roommate, Jim Montgomery. So that's why oh. I knew them. And so I used to go to their place for, for you know, ice cream socials or yeah. for pizza or whatever. And they're, they're great awesome. people from Detroit. Yeah. Oh, I could tell you, and I, I don't want to, but I could tell you so many stories. I mean, he was, so he was Amy's sponsor uh, when she was cadet. And, um, so that's how I got to know him. You know, he was in DMI and you know doing a bunch of stuff for the academy. But uh, I tell you, you, you don't know this as a cadet because you're just you know trying to stay out of trouble and and uh, you know get through to the next year. But um, I mean, we we stayed close with the Browns. You know, our, you know, literally our entire career, all the way up until uh, just like I was saying before we got here. And it was amazing how many different points across those you know 28 years or so that advice or an encouraging word or you know, anything. I mean, just, you know, just kind of kept you motivated and kept you fired up. And you don't, you don't realize that as you're, you know, you're making your way, you know, through uh, your four years here at West Point. Yeah. There's two General Brown stories that I heard and I don't, I never heard them firsthand. It was always second, third, third hand. But the first one was when he was, when he was in Iraq, he was a brigade commander uh, yep. and uh, Coach K, who he's remaining yep. very close with, actually yep. chartered an aircraft to yep. bring um, to bring letters and presents to the, to his yeah. troops. That's Is that right. true? Yeah, I was in, I was in that brigade. Um, oh shit! Wow. Yeah, we uh, there was a, there was a couple of us. D. A. Sims was uh, was there, uh, really kind of running the show for us. So he was the brigade operations officer for for General Brown in that deployment. But yeah, no, that's all true. And and the and the two of them, D. A. and and General Brown, you know, the first six months or so of that deployment, I mean, for, you know, all over Iraq and Afghanistan was, it was pretty crazy, but, um, 
those two are all over. The, I mean, you, you just talk about leaders, um, you know, out front, setting the example, um, leading, you know, every step of the way. I mean, those two were, they were, they were incredible. They were an amazing team. But, um, yeah, so all that stuff's true. How about how about this one? I heard about this too. So he he took over, he changed command with um, General Brooks, right? I think he one took over for the other. I think General Brown took over for General Brooks, or that's vice correct. versa. Yeah, yeah in Hawaii, that's right. And Coach K handed the guide on. Uh, he he actually like you know basically huh. received the flag and handed it to, to from one to the other. Wow, I didn't hear that. I wasn't there for that that ceremony. And I, I didn't. I didn't hear that one. So I heard actually that because um, he coached both of them in basketball. Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. And he said that is the first time that Brooks <laughs> has ever passed anything. Yeah. Like meaning he would never pass the ball. <laughs> I have heard that. I've heard that, that joke. Uh, but yeah, that's funny. I hadn't heard that story too. That's yeah. Funny. Anyway. Um, well, that's cool. So, so your so your son, who is at he's twenty sixteen, your oldest son, right? Class of twenty sixteen. That's right. Yeah. And then you have one is class of twenty nineteen. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then and then your youngest one. So you had like a little break there because your youngest one is like what five or yeah, six years younger. About than five. Him. Yeah, about five years younger. And it's you know crazy. You know, we get especially you know um, old bosses, General Brown included, give me a hard time you know all the time about you know, the free education and, you know, we should owe the government some part of our, our, you know, savings and paycheck because we're, you know, the boys on the side of West Point. But, um, um, you know, the interesting thing is we, you know, Amy and I really tried hard and not to push them other directions, but, you know, of course, to make sure that they knew that there was, you know, a world of possibilities out there. And, um, they'll, you know, uh, I won't tell you the, the Josh story, but uh, he's, he's the middle boy. But uh, the Owen story, this is kind of neat. I, I'll be quick. But we took him uh, down to the Carolinas. Well, we, we used to live in South Carolina, so we had a good feel for USC and Clemson. Uh, but we took him down to North Carolina to do the, you know, the kind of spring break, looking at, at, at a couple of schools. And we went to Davidson, Duke, and UNC. And all three schools were incredible. I mean, the admissions departments were really, you know, professional. And, I mean, incredible presentations. I mean, all three schools were amazing, but we ended up at uh, UNC and the whole time we're pushing, you know, we're pushing the, you know, our young boy to, uh, you know, keep his eyes open. This is great. Look at this. That's great. And we were at UNC at one of their uh, dining facilities. And, um, you know, this place is like state of the art. It was probably like six months. I don't know how, how, how old it was, but you go up this escalator, you know, there's all these lights, you know, there's Chick-fil-A, all you can eat pizza. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you just, you, you know, there's no cash being exchanged. They just, they just eat whatever they want. And so, um, you know, we, we got settled on a, on a table. I had a you know, huge tray in front of me. Um, you know, we're just, just kind of just stuff our faces. But um, about halfway through the meal, Owen hits me in, in the side. He says, hey, Dad, you know, same thing different about this mess hall. He calls a mess hall. And I said, um, well, yeah, Owen, look at this place. Incredible. You got Chick-fil-A. You love Chick-fil-A. All you can drink chocolate milk. You know, there's an ice cream bar. I mean, it was going on and on about all the food. He's like, no, dad, look at the, uh, the students. And I said, um, I looked up and, um, and I hadn't, I hadn't even paid attention up to that point, but there was probably, you know, 50 to 75, you know, high school or, you know, college UNC students there. And they were all sitting by themselves. All of them had an earpiece in and all of them were, you know, working on some, some device, laptop or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I hadn't even paid attention to it either. I was just, you know, way over focused on the food but 
um, Owen looked at me and he said, uh, something I'll never forget. He said, you know, dad, I don't, I don't think I want to go to school by myself. Mm. And, um, that kind of hit that, you know, of course that, that hit, hit pretty hard. But as we talked about it later, you know, his idea having lived here, you know, watched his older brothers lived here at West Point for a year. You know, he sees cadets in teams, you know, they're sitting around a table in the mess hall, you know, eating family style. Um, you know, they're walking in groups of two, three, four, squad, two, whatever. I mean, they're always together in these groups. And, you know, when I think about it, and, and you know, I've talked to this, you know, Scott, Scott just, uh, just left us and to head back down to, to Fort Benning. But, um, you know, I've talked to, to my buddies here. When you see a cadet uh, about walking by themselves kind of at strange hours of the day, you instinctively, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of move in their direction because you just, you just want to check in on them, see how they're doing, you know, because it's, it does, it's just not that frequent. They're always, you know, working together. They're, you know, they're just moving around in teams. And for my youngest, anyway, I think that that really appealed to him. And, you know, he's, he's through, you know, week three so far. So we'll see how it goes. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, something I thought about today, I was thinking about this podcast coming up here. One thing I don't think you've done, you've had to do, um, yet that, uh, or, or, or maybe, I mean, Dorm shopping, dorm shopping is like a big damn deal. And I know, I've heard, I've heard stories. No, we never had to do that. So my my daughter is about to enter. She's going, she's going off to to Barnard College this this uh, August at Columbia University. And uh, so my wife and my daughter were all day today, you know, getting dorm stuff. And I was like, yeah. you know, I said, you know, when I went to West Point. I didn't bring yeah. a damn thing. Not only that, the stuff that I had on my 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 shorts and my underwear—they took that from me. I had just That's completely right. went completely. That's funny. Yeah, it's like you don't think about anything and like picking yeah. your classes and like none of that. It was just simple. Yeah. Just go there and do it. You know. Yeah, uh, I like that part about it for sure. Yeah, it was uh, take all the thinking out of it. Take all the thinking yeah. out of it. So. Um, I, time is going to fly so fast. We've been talking already for 30, uh, 26 minutes, and we got a lot to yeah, talk wow. about. But what I do want to talk to you about real quickly, though, behind the scenes of West Point, how okay. do you figure out these damn companies? Like, I, like, I, yeah. I want to know the, the sort of, like, what is the magic mix? What comes into consideration? Like, and I look at, like, who, gets, who, who decides to be career army officer? Who decides to, yeah. you know, like... What's happening with all that? Like, what what are the theories of uh, theories of 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 uh, how you mix the cadets? Yeah, well, so the admissions team, you know, they do a wonderful job of uh, you know bringing us what we consider to be you know the best and brightest in the country. And um, as they get ready to you know get them settled, even you know in these beast platoons, and then on into the academic year. You know, they just, as you would, as you'd expect, they want a model of, of fair distribution of just about every measure of diversity, you know, so there's, you know, there's, you know, so there's, there's so many prepsters that are spread out, you know, there's so many prior services spread out, there's so many of, you know, the different races and the different backgrounds. And uh, uh, so they, they just work very hard to make sure that, you know, that, that gender is distributed fairly you know, evenly and, uh, and then all the, all the other, uh, aspects of diversity. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the challenging thing to do is to go back and to, you know, really study and, and we don't spend a lot of time doing this to be honest, but, you know, which companies, you know, happen to, you know, produce the, you know, maybe the longest serving or, or the, you know, the, um, I don't know, the highest rank or the highest performing or whatever the case may be. 
we, we do pretty well at, at looking at class to class, but we, we kind of stop in terms of trying to, to go, go below that. So it's hard to compare a company versus a company or a battalion or regiment or whatever. It's really just looking at the classes and then, and doing a good, hard, I mean, the neat thing, one of the, one of the many neat things about this place is that we are over the top critical of ourselves and always looking to see how we can do it better, almost to a fault. I mean, we're, we're constantly, you know, in debates and discussions and, and it's not really me. I'm just kind of, you know, watching and cheering them on, but uh, our experts are looking at this all the time. The neat thing, Jamie, I tell you, and I just, you know, share this, this piece is that, um, I, I, I get to talk to, you know, a bunch of, you know, families that come in on, on, uh, recruiting tr- visits or, you know, just visits in particular. And I truly try to press impress upon them that because of our commitment to diversity, uh, here at the Academy, you know, in terms of admissions, but also in terms of, you know, their four years here, I truly believe that we're one of the rare institutions where talent is, is celebrated and talent is a measure by which you'll, you know, succeed. An example I give them is, um, uh, was, I guess, two years ago, our first year here. So the class of, oh, shoot, would that have been 18, I guess? Yeah, so 18. Um, when you're sitting there on the parade field and you got the entire core in front, and I'll be quick on this one, but you got the entire core in front of you. On that particular year, that class was, uh, the first captain was a young lady named Simone Askew. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted to be a Rhodes Scholar and uh, our first uh, African-American female uh, first captain. And she was unbelievable. I mean, she was really, really um, amazing and talented young lady. And she absolutely, um, you know, deserved and you know, rose up to the challenge of being first captain of the year. So she was special, of course. But then when you looked one, you know, kind of further back on the on the parade field, three of the four regiments were being commanded by uh, female cadets that year. Um and then as they, you know, as the companies, you know, march by the, uh, you know, the, the review box and all that stuff, I, and I don't have the numbers, you know, the exact stats, but it, it seemed like almost half of the companies that year were either commanded by uh, a female uh, cadet or they had a first sergeant's female cadet. And I was sitting in one, one parade in particular early in the year, early in the year in the soups box. And, you know, you, you got a bunch of, you know, all of our department heads are there, um, you know, all kind of our, the senior leadership of, of the academy is sitting in the, in the center there. But you also have a ton of guests, too. And I had these guests behind me. And, you know, some, some um, I, don't, I don't know who they were, but some, some older gentlemen were talking about. It. And I could hear a hint of, not cynicism, but uh, skepticism about, you know, how, how come, you know, there were so many ladies in charge. And... You know, I listened, it was kind of, it was bothering me at first, and, uh, you know, I just kind of let it go. I mean, it wasn't obnoxious or anything. But at the end, I had to make a point to turn around and say, you know, I, I couldn't help it over here, but I just want to, you know, I want to tell you that I know personally the individuals that are picking the leadership that you saw on the parade field today, and it had nothing to do with their gender. It had nothing to, the, to do with the way they look. It had everything to do with their talent, their desire, and their potential. And I kind of went down a little bit more just to give them a little bit more substance of that. But um, I just think it's, it's one of those, you know, when you, I know it's, I'm kind of veering off your, your original question. But um, when you when you think about, um, you know, what these you know young men and women are doing every day over the course of four years, it's it's neat to see. And, it's, and we're not perfect because we screw it up all the time. But 
you know, really trying to celebrate that talent and get that talent in a position that it can have the, you know, the most impact on the organization. Yeah. The, uh, the I think Holly, Holly West said, uh, like, uh, the girls rule and the boys drool or something like that. Yeah. That, that, well, they did. Uh, I think at graduation 2018 there, the top seven graduates were ladies. Mm-hmm. They were walking. I mean, they, you know, they're about ready to take over the world. I mean, they, 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 uh, they really did well. And yeah. it wasn't because, you know, West Point wasn't giving them great grades or we weren't, you know, taking it easy on anybody. It was because they crushed it, you know, and, and uh, it's just, it's just a neat, I really try to, you know, not, you know, beat that too hard, I guess. Cause I don't want it to come across, um, you know, not authentic, uh, but it's true. I think this is one of those neat places where you can really come, pour your heart and soul into it, and, and do very well. So we're right now, I think, what twenty five percent women, thirty percent women. In our yeah, class. We're, we're we're I think we're about twenty four overall. This class of twenty three, we just admitted. I think the number is about twenty three and a half percent. Last year was just over twenty four. I think over the last yeah, three or four years, we've been just around the 24%, which I, is huge. You know, Jamie, compared to our day, that's like, I don't know, double. it's at least double. Yeah, yeah it's double. Hey, what yeah. I find, too, I think it would be very interesting, though, to be able, and I'm sure, like, you know, these Athena, the, the, there's this Athena um, conference, and the women of, of West Point mm-hmm. get together. And talk. I would really love to just, you know, unpack that further, like the, because when we were there, like, there's either three or four female cadets in a company, right? So you think about that dynamic, like you damn well better get along with them because there's only three of them, right? And so they're going to be your roommates for the next four years. And you got these dyads, right? So like, and by the way, you talk about diversity of like, you know, companies. I think of our, the F1 ladies, our our sister classmates, they were all, they were studs, right? Academically, physically, they, but they're all so similar. They were, all three were white. All three were academic studs. Um, you know, the, I, I, I would be curious to see like how they sort of like decided like oh, these these four oh, yeah. these four should go into F one, but there yeah. wasn't very much diversity among the four of them. Um, yeah, because, I mean, they all gra- I think two or three of them were star men, uh, star women. Huh. And um, anyway, yeah. but I so but. I think it's it's interesting now because if you now have seven or eight females in your company, you yeah. can conceivably not room with one of them all four years. Right. You don't yeah. need to get along with that person as much. Yeah. So, and it's a dynamic that none of us had to even think about, you know, back in when, you know when we were going to school here. But you're right; that's it's a huge, huge change, and I think it's hopefully. Not that nobody needs the help. Hopefully, it's a you know it's kind of an empowering uh, for really anybody. It's it's not even just. I mean, we're we're talking about ladies right now, but it's you know it's it's to our other you know kind of diversity groups. We take a little bit of scrutiny sometimes on the on diversity topic. And now, having been here about two you know almost two and a half years, um, I'm convinced that it's a uh, it's a powerful. Well, I, I mean, I didn't need any convincing you know before I I came here, but. Uh, it, it really does, you know, help the, the entire organization just become stronger, you know, more uh, appreciative of, of different perspectives and then being able to leverage that talent. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty powerful. One last question on the here and now before we go back to 1986. But I'm curious, like, what is your typical week like? What's the battle rhythm? Do you have like a meeting on Monday morning? Do you like you, you yeah. uh, like like what 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 is that like? What what's what's yeah. your typical sort of like week look like? Well, the uh, the first thing I'd say is that, and 
and I had no no clue about this, you know, before I got here. I mean, because you think at West Point, you know, you're, you know, there's people teaching classes. You know, there's like frisbee football in the afternoon. You're, you're home early for dinner. You know, you got three. You know, whatever. I mean, you just kind of have this image of you know, just very quiet, um, you know, uh, patient kind of place. But I was blown away at the at the tempo. I mean, the the demands we place on our staff and faculty faculty are incredible. They're not asking for sympathy, but um, they're working their tails off. I mean, it is it is unbelievable. We're here in, we're here in the middle of summer. And you think that, okay, we got Beast and we've got, you know, Buckner going on. There's literally, there's like 30, I don't know, I saw the number, 34 or 3,500 cadets that are either training, you know, Beast and Buckner, uh, or they're leading the training, or they're just kind of keeping the place, you know, under control. That's a huge number. I mean, yeah, you think that, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't thinking much about it. But to, to your question on the, on the battle rhythm, you know, it's a... Uh, it, it, it's just, it's a neat, um, it's a small staff, uh, compared to other three-star headquarters around the army, but, um, it's a, uh, you know, it's a powerful, it's a powerful group of people. You know, you mentioned Holly and, uh, you know, she runs a team and this is just one example, but she runs a team inside the G5 and every one of those individuals are professional working their tail off. They have to just to keep up with the load. But then you go down the rest of our staff sections, they're all small, um, there's not a lot, not a huge amount of depth. So it just makes them, you know, really step up their game. But, you know, we start, you know, just like probably most army organizations, Mondays, you know, we're looking hard at the, you know, syncing up the calendar for that week, any, any last minute changes. And then, and then our superintendent, uh, General Williams has pushed us really hard to look out as, you know, as deep as we can a year, year and a half. And, uh, you know, we literally do that almost, almost every Monday just to make sure that some of the, you know, the longer term efforts and I know this is kind of boring staff stuff. No, but, I, I find this interesting. Um, I, I think, and yeah. I think the other classmates will too, like what is happening behind the scenes? Like, so you're looking at a year yeah. and a half or like, 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 and then of course there's a question like what happens all of a sudden there's this like, you know, New York times article about a pillow fight or yeah. something like, like or, yeah. or some Facebook thing goes off like viral yeah. or some well, shit. So, and that's a, uh, you're, and that's a, <laughs> West Point is like, you know, I'm sure like the Naval Academy and, and, uh, and, and Air Force, but we're responding to, you know, there's no other three-star headquarters in our Army that has so much media attention, so much congressional attention, and then so much attention from our, you know, from our alumni. So that, uh, you know, those three, you know, and the Pentagon, I mean, I missed a, you know, probably the biggest group. So we're, we're responding to, you know, that kind of stuff all the time. Thankfully, it's not, you know, crisis or pro fights or it's not that stuff all the time, but it does, you know, it pops up you know, periodically that we've got to, we've got to react quickly. So, you know, that derails, you know, all the best plans and the battle rhythms, but um, it, it's a good team. And, and I'm talking about just our staff. We've got about 180, 190 um, military and civilian at the staff level, which I, you know, I didn't know any of this stuff as a cadet. I just wanted to stay away, as far away from Taylor Hall as possible. But, um, you know, so that's at, that's at the staff level. What really makes the, the academy, you know, run is, you know, a high-powered team that works with the commandant, you know, and so they've got about 300 there. And uh, they probably need about another 200, to be honest, you know, if, if we were, you know, really looking at their wire diagram. Right. 300, working their, 300 people? Yeah, 300 that, you know, work inside the, the comps team. So it's like, it's actually about 330, I think. But, um, you know, that's, that's DPE, of course, DMI, the Simon Center, where Scotty Halstead was just charge um so this is the faculty basically right well no so the, you know the, the faculty all work well not all but most of the faculty work for the dean so that's about 900 military and civilian and that's all that's most of the departments you know it's all mm -hmm. the departments minus dpe and, and dmi 
Um, you know, so you've got the you know the comms team of about three hundred plus. You got the dean's team of about nine hundred plus. You've got the athletic department. Uh, we just got a great new athletic director here uh, a few months ago, Mike Buddy. That team has got their you know they're running thirty intercollegiate you know athletic teams, and then admissions and it, it, you know the, the rest of the, the you know Andy Hall is running the Army Cyber Institute, which is you know also under the uh, superintendent's uh, supervision. So. Those are, you know, the reason I just kind of belabor that, you know, they're the ones that are executing the mission. Those, those are the ones that are working six or seven, you know, uh, days a week, not hours. Um, so do you guys, seven days is a there week. ever a point where you have like a town hall, like an all, all hands yeah, call with yeah. all those people? Yeah, twice a year. Twice, twice a year at least. And, uh, and then if, you know, if, if crisis or something, you know, you know, that we need to talk to our employees and we'll mm-hmm. pick that up, but twice a year. Mm-hmm. And then all rolls up into you basically. So, so you have like a Monday morning, you look out like a year and a half, and then you have yeah. like they probably have a whole bunch of other just sort of like set check-ins with each each one of these various yeah. different sort of uh, yeah areas. We've got it. It's a neat, and it's probably probably put people to sleep, but it's uh, I don't know how neat it is, but you know, it's a, there's a good uh, governance structure um, where you know major decisions, budgeting, uh, HR. Um, operations, engagements, you know, you just list all the, you know, the, kind of the major areas, all those things get, you know, reviewed by experts and they get reviewed by um, kind of a sort of kind of a council of colonels. Uh, then they get reviewed by the the one stars and then they, you know, they, they come as superintendents. So that keeps us busy, you know, just in terms of just moving, moving big decisions and, and big efforts. It's all boring. I mean, it's nothing, nothing really exciting. The, the, you know, exciting stuff is happening in the classroom and in the, and on the practice field and, you know, in the woods, but uh, it's good. So what's, what's, what is the biggest kind of surprise to you? Like these cadets today, like, or like one of the biggest, yeah. cha- I mean, social media has got to be huge, right? Like Snapchat, you get a bunch of cadets like doing something stupid. How do you shut that down or how do you protect her against that? You know, like what? Yeah. Well, the, um, I think the, I don't know if it's a surprise, but the, the thing that motivates me the most is, I tell you, if, if I run it, and I don't get to, you know, just because of the nature of my job, I don't interact with too many cadets. But, um, you know, when I do, whatever the, the function or, you know, wherever we're at, I, you know, 99 times out of 100, I walk away from that that little discussion, that engagement, um, just motivated, you know, about um, the caliber of, of our cadets. When we just graduated 985, um, you know, here this, this past graduation for the class of 19. And, um, you know, all, we're, we're, we're sitting up there, you know, by the superintendent, all the department heads, kind of the senior leadership of the academy. And so I, you know, great seat, you know, to, to watch the whole thing. Um, and I, and I, this, this graduation in particular, you know, I was really focused, you know, just looking at the cadets, looking at their eyes, looking at the, you know, the way they, you know, all the joy and, and all that kind of stuff, just really focusing on emotions. But my takeaway was, God dang, they just look sharp. I mean, they're just, And then they're going, you know, we still, we still have, you know, many, many brigades that are rotating back and forth to Afghanistan and Iraq. And, and those young ones are, are wide eyed. There's no secrets that they're, you know, on a train, you know, moving that direction. Mm-hmm. And that's inspiring too. I mean, it's, uh, it's just really, it's a neat, you know, they, they, they're all, you know, there'll always be, you know, those that screw up, get in trouble. And, uh, thankfully, you know, those many that do, they're still walking hours and they recover and, and, um, you know, they come back stronger. Uh, and then there's the few that, you know, just, you know, probably shouldn't be here in the first place. And, and they, they usually find 
find a way, you know, not to graduate. But um, those are those are the exceptions, you know. And, it, and if you get wrapped up into the two or three percent of the of, of that that group, you could probably get you know cynical and, and disappointed in, in the effort. But if you focus on the other ninety nine percent, you know, that are ready to lead soldiers, it's uh, it's a pretty motivating place. Yeah. So let's go back all the way back to the very very beginning, uh, nineteen eighty six. So where where did you grow up? So dad was army. Um, he was, so we were all over the place. He was a, uh, non-commissioned officer and started off MI and then went, uh, transferred over to the AG. And, uh, when he retired, we settled in Phoenix. So I, I went to kind of middle school and high school in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So that's what I call him. How proud he must've been that his son decided to go to West Point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I think so- he was. So now, um, by the way, your folks still around or? Yeah. Yeah. They, awesome. they, they retired right outside Fort Huachuca. Actually, that's where I was born, Fort Huachuca. And they, they fell in love with that part of Arizona. So my mom and dad live in a, in a nice place, you know, not too far. And then, so uh, did you apply anywhere else or was, was it just West Point you or, know, or nothing? It was just, it was West Point or Arizona State University. And, uh, my uncle those are pretty, actually. Those are pretty, pretty extreme <laughs> opposites, right? Yeah, thank God it worked out the way it did. <laughs> I, I guess you would have been great too. Though. But um, my my uncle, my dad's brother, was also an occupational officer. He was teaching here at DMI, actually teaching, you know, around then Captain Brown and Captain Sniff and a couple other, you know, really neat um, uh, DMI professors, I guess. But um, so he was here uh, for three, maybe four years. He might have stretched it out four years. And he would send me a little, you know, propaganda and a flyer. And, you know, I thought that I could play basketball really good. So, you know, one time he sent me a, a, a army basketball practice jersey that was reversible. And Jamie, I literally wore that for like three weeks straight. I mean, I just wore that all over the place. And, and, uh, uh, hold on, time so, out, time out one second. I got, did, did you play, um, intramural basketball? Yes. You did. A4 so, had a, uh, yeah. Brigade champion. I know you guys beat F1. Uh, yeah. You beat F1. So I don't yeah. know if you. So we want a rematch oh, for a thirty-year reunion. Thirty-year yeah. reunion. F one A four. We want to make yeah, it happen. I, it's going to be on do like Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. That, that was you know. Um, anyway, right, so, so that that practice jersey sold me and sold you. And, uh, and, you know. and so so did you do early early uh, early admission or whatever early? Um, was I don't. Called? You know, I got early my action. my. I got my note, my letter, whatever we got, um, like December timeframe. Yeah. So you're early. And That's good. Is that, yeah, I guess so. So December I got it. And then of course I shut down all the issue stuff and I just tried to, you know, get ready to go. Did you know anybody else from Phoenix that was coming out there with you? Any of our no, classmates? Nobody, yeah. No, no classmates that I was, but not in that area. Um, no. So did your, did your folks come with you to our day? No, actually they just, I don't know if they paid for, did we pay? I don't know who paid for, they just put them on a plane and sent me and said, hey, you know, don't come back now. They just said. Uh, I cannot imagine what that must yeah. be like. I mean, I, there's so many of our classmates, same thing. Like they stayed in a hotel the night before and they just walked in and they that was showed crazy. up. Yeah. Wow. I, wow. I was scared out of my mind. Yeah, had, I had no to idea. be. It, my, my uncle was there, so he kind of, you know, he picked me up and, you know, took care of me, but, uh. Did he come and, and do the uncle, 90, he had the six, you know, 60 seconds to say goodbye? He dropped you off for that part of it? I think he did. I don't know. It was at Hollider Center. I think it was yeah. at Hollider. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Hollider Center. I don't yeah. remember. 
I, I, he wasn't giving me any hugs. He was just like, Hey, you know, don't screw it up. But, uh, the, um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it was what a way to start, but you know. So then you show up beast. Who's in your beast squad? Oh, jeez, I was here really. I should have wrote this stuff down. But well, uh, I mean, I, I saw Hairball was on this. Uh, he's he's an A four guy, right? Harris yeah, Morris? Uh, I don't Harris. I don't think we were in. Maybe we might. No, I think he was in second. I was in first squad if I remember right. Uh, Mike O'Day and a uh, great guy named Clint Brown were my roommates. Clint uh, was a swimmer. Uh, he he transferred after our freshman year, but uh, um, I can't remember exactly who was in the squad there. I just remember our upperclassmen were just kicking the crap out of us. I mean, it was it was brutal. But we had a couple guys in the platoon that took all the heat for us just because, you know, Harris was one of them. I mean, he was amazing. I mean, he could uh, somehow, he just let it roll off his shoulders. It didn't, didn't even phase him. And uh, and John Leffer, I mean, we just had, uh, we had an amazing group. But I, I do remember one of the things I was going to try to try to communicate tonight is that, I mean, I, I you know, we all had, you know, pretty tough plebe years, I think. But I think because it was so difficult and some of those upperclassmen were just so painful um, that it really brought us. I mean, we were we were a tight group. And, um, you know, not, you know, there was a, there was a couple of all stars in that group. I wasn't one of them. But um, most of us were just trying to you know work together, you know, really pull together and, and make it through. But, um, yeah, it, it's you know, it it does bring back a flood of memories. But the. Um, yeah, we had a bunch. We had, we had, we had a, I just don't remember who's in that squad. It was so. I, Andy Clements is one of uh, your company mm-hmm. mates, and I know he, yep. he's like prepster, prior service, yeah. all squared away. He was one of those. He was one of those all stars. Yeah, he's probably helping you, like you know, like uh, do the corners in your bed or some shit, right? Oh, yeah. he was amazing. He was just like a source of strength, and nothing phased him. He didn't, you know, he didn't. He wasn't condescending to us. You know, he took us young ones. I mean, I was scared. I was like, I probably, you know, I was like 120 pounds. I was, you know, my head was shaved. I'd never been to West Point before. No idea what the hell I was doing. Um, and, you know, guys like Andy, you know, that, you know, you know, just had been around and, and kind of knew the deal. They took us, you know, they took very good care of us. And then we had others that were just, just really, really strong. I mean, they, nothing phased them. A guy named Fernie Salazar, you know, and, um, you know, Michael Day, of course, Mike Hoos, um, Mike Simon was a rock and, uh, Emmett Crawl was a uh, an amazing guy too because he he got he got the the crap beat out of him there at, at Beast Bear. We all did, but uh, Emmett, I remember distinctly a couple of times where he would it wasn't even you know he didn't even screw it up, but he would take ownership of whatever they were pissed off about, and he would be the one that would you know kind of take the beating not physically but you know. Um, but he's just, you know, just a resilient guy, just resilient. Yeah, yeah. he he was and. Uh, you know, Mark West, I mean, just a bunch of, you know, very, very uh, strong people that cared about, you know, those around them. And um, it was neat. It was just a magical, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. When I look at my four years, and I don't know if you, you share the same, Jamie, but most of my, like, real memories are of that first year. And, you know, a lot of them are painful. Most of them are, you know, good, good laughs. And, um, and then the, the last three years, we're just kind of more just building on that that first. If that even makes sense, but it, yeah, it was that I, first I, year. I share that with you. It's like magical. Like 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 these are people that I like. 
you know, we got together, we went to the Dominican Republic, a bunch of us uh, a few months ago, and it was like going right back. It was like going back wow. 25 years or 28 years. It was so fun. It was so much. And with our families too, right? And the families know all the stories and you yeah. just, you love these people. They're, they're like, oh, yeah. they're like family. But I wonder like, I think that's unique for us because we did four years with the same group of people, right? So, yeah. and and now you guys are back to unscrambling again, right? So like the 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 I guess whatever right. the sort of headshed has decided, it didn't yep. make sense to scramble. Is that still the case? Do you think that they're going to still remain unscrambled? Right now it's unscrambled, but uh, you never know. It's really a commandant decision, and um, I guess the stories go that you know, the commandants will kind of default to what they experienced. And mm -hmm. so, and this guy, so class of 92, the new yeah. guy, um, yep. is yeah, he got uh, scrambled. First one to be scrambled. He did. And he, he's an amazing guy too. I, so I can't talk, I, can't, I guess I can't talk trash about 92 because, uh, his name, his name's Curtis Buzzard. He'll soon, he'll be a bigger general here very soon, but, uh, uh, he's unbelievable. And, uh, so yeah, I don't know if they're going to scramble or not. I mean, you know, he, the, 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 um, for the proponents of the scrambling is that, you know, it gives people a fresh start. It allows them to meet, you know, double the number of classmates that they, you know, kind of, kind of get close to. I am adamantly in the, you know, the non-scramble group just because of, you know, of our experience and, and what I think that did for us. But, you know, the thing is too, though, you think of like, there are classmates that I got to know later in the army that I feel a whole, a, a similar level of strong relationship with. So, you know, had we scrambled, maybe it would have been that way. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it could have. I mean, it, I guess it's everybody's, you know, kind of perspective. And uh, I'm, so, I'm just so thankful that we we didn't scramble because, um, you know, we were just, we were very close. You know, there was just a, a group of people that, you know, to this day, if I see any one of them, and I'm a terrible classmate. You know, I don't, I don't write, I don't, I don't do good, you know, at, at keeping in touch, you know, but, Thankfully, you know, when you do, and I just saw Pat Mullen stop by here. Um, I think his, uh, he was dropping his uh, son off for SLE at the beginning of the summer. And uh, so we got to spend some time with him. And it was like, you know, no time had passed. So thankfully, it's, um, you know, we're, I think, you know, we're that close that, um, you know, we can reconnect instantly. If you could go back in time, and, and you're not prepared for this question, so maybe you don't have an answer. But if you could go back in time and relive like one hour of your cadet life, what would that hour be? Can you think of something like, like that's like so memorable from your time that you were like, I would love to go back to that, that single moment. Yeah. Probably when we crushed uh, F1 in that, <laughs> uh, that basketball game. I that set myself so up good. for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess so. Huh? <laughs> that was probably, that's probably, yeah. That's probably, that's probably, no. probably the, the one that I would not go back to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if we crushed. I don't remember, but the, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sentimental. So my, you know, the, the, the two, the two things that I'm thankful for, well, they're fine. But the two biggest things are my classmates and uh, and then my my wife. So if I I could probably try, you know, I, I proposed to her down by the uh, the river court, river courts. I could have rehearsed. I could have done that a little bit better. But if I could relive, you know, one hour, it was probably the hour that I that I asked her to marry me. I know that's kind of that's no. Awesome. So it was. So let's take let's. You are the second one telling a proposal story, by the way, uh, on the old uh, podcast. <laughs> So the first one was, was Kim Evans talking about getting proposed to in the in the in the basement of the barracks with a cockroach on the uh, so that, that that was her story. So so um so so where were you like had 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 did this go down? Well, she had um, she just well she decided you know she did her I guess that was her yearling no yeah 
right before cow year. She had done that summer as like a B squad leader. She loved it. She had, you know, she did a great job, of course, but she just, she, she knew that she, you know, she wanted to do something else. So she had, she had decided to leave. I had bought, oh, this is good. This is kind of a silly story, but I had, uh, you know, I'd saved all my money, which is, it wasn't much. And DA Sims, uh, he was, um, we were doing Buckner one together. He was coming commander. I was first started. I could tell you a thousand DA Sims stories too. That would take another hour of the podcast, but, uh, he was unbelievable. I mean, he's unbelievable to today. I mean, he's one of the biggest impacts on me, you know, personally, professionally. But so, you know, he helped me pick out the ring. It's all I could afford. It was a tiny little thing. I held on to it in my little wall locker there, uh, my little lockbox at uh, Buckner. Cause I, you know, I didn't want to, it's a silly story. I'm, I'm sharing way too much, but, um, you know, I, I didn't want that to influence the decision at all. But she, so she decided she came back for ring weekend. You know, so she had already made the transfer and she came back for ring weekend. She was staying with the Browns and, um, I, uh, you know, no, no imagination. I took her to, to their hotel. We had a nice dinner, you know, I, you know, I had the ring there and I was, you know, squeezing in my pocket the whole, the whole meal. She had to have dessert. So that took like, you know, a whole nother 45 minutes, which was <laughs> killing me. And, uh, and then we, we got out, it started raining, but it wasn't really raining that bad. So we drove down, you know, I had this whole thing kind of scripted in my, you know, it was going to be a beautiful Sunset at night, yeah. but we get to the river courts and it's rain. It's raining. It's not. It's not raining that hard. We could have got out of the car, but she refused to get out of the car. So I'm like, dang. I go, will you at least roll down the window? So I get out of the car. I go around to their side. She barely rolls down the window, and I stick the the ring through the window. And I'm like, hey, do you want to get married or what? And uh, <laughs> it was terrible. So if I could do that over again, I would. There would be. There would be. A, be a different script. Actually, come to think of it, this is the third. The third. Um proposal story because actually moose george and monica george were on the on the podcast and monica was like you know <laughs> we, we were going to shades there. pizza and he just like stopped and said you want to get married and like <laughs> that was it because <laughs> i guess hilarious. what happened was monica came up monica came up and moose didn't expect that monica was going to bring a friend with her so like monica <laughs> was going to pick him up like over at the barracks and he wanted to propose to her like out to dinner and so they were walking, and he said, "Should I break it this done now? Because I don't want to be like all with this her friend and everything." So he's like, "They're like walking to the car." Say, "Hey, by the way, want to get married?" That's great. Uh, <laughs> but things don't always work as as you expect, right? So that's right. But um, so let's move the timeline forward here a little bit. You mentioned yep. DA Sims. You guys have crossed paths time and time again. I didn't realize going all the yep. way back to Buckner, you guys were, to, you know, yep. joined at that time, and also the. You know, the captain now, General Brown, is an interesting um, sort of yeah. thematic connection. So yeah. you've mentioned, too, you said if you want to get one thing that across in this podcast is all your stories of our classmates downrange yeah. in yeah. the Army. So tell me some of those um, memories okay. you have. Yeah, and tell me if I'm going too long because there's, there's a couple that I'd, I'd love to just, you know, just, just talk out loud. But um, so DA, um, who's a, you know, uh, Brigadier General in the Pentagon right now should be a major general. Um, um, he'll be a division commander. You know, he's just, he, he's amazing. We all know he's incredible. But I didn't know him when we were going into our first year that, that summer, and he was company commander. Uh, we had 8th Co. Uh, Mad Dogs. And, um, you know, I'm a first sergeant. I don't even know how I got that assignment. I mean, I don't know if it was on a wish list or whatever, but I'm a first sergeant. He's a company commander. Um, you know, and the, uh, there's so many good DA stories that summer. But I never had bumped into a classmate at that point in time that I thought took our profession as seriously as he did and that had that 
that those kind of people skills, you know, the, the real charisma. I mean, I, you know, we, there's great people all around us and, uh, you know, tons of amazing people in, inside of my company. Uh, but DA, I, I just, was, there's something very special about him. So our first time, you know, we're, we got the company together in some auditorium or some gymnasium, I guess they're up in the pictures. And the, you know, the first star in the XO and the CO all say some words of introduction. And then we break up in the platoons or whatever. This is before we went out to, you know, this is before graduation. So it was just kind of an organizational meeting. And I had my little, you know, notes on a three by five car and I'd rehearse it like, you know, 20 times. And I get up there and I stumble through it. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> I just want to get the whole thing, you know, get off to the side. EXO gets up there. She did a great job, much better than me. But, you know, no one's really kind of, you know, it's all kind of boring stuff. DA gets up there and he starts talking to these, you know, these rising, you know, yearlings, I guess. And he had them motivated. I mean, I don't even remember what the heck he was saying, but he had them so motivated to get to Buckner and be a part of this company and train as hard as we could that I was fine. I mean, the whole the whole room, there was there was this energy of, you know, just responding to real leadership. And um, and then, you know, of course, the rest is history. You know, D.A., and we, we've crossed paths, you know, a couple of times in our careers. Um, you know, probably one of the most um, – impactful maybe is when we were majors and he was a brigade S3 and I was a, a battalion S3 for him at infantry battalions. And, um, it, it was such a difficult deployment that if it weren't for, you know, people like DA and, and general Brown, you know, I don't know if we, you know, I just thought, I don't, I don't know how we would have done. And it was the, the big things that he was doing. He was leading, uh, you know, basically a 6,000 uh, person brigade task force, but it was the small things that he did as well that were just freaking powerful. And um, so, I, you know, I love him to death and uh, I could go on and on and on. I mean, he would never, you know, own up to any of this stuff. He's just, he's just way too humble, but he's, he's a pretty special guy. So that was the, the guy. I'm sorry. So that was the brigade. No, no, go ahead, Jim. Uh, that, that brigade was the brigade you mentioned that um, Coach K sent the, um, the yeah, charter right. of the aircraft for it. So that was like yeah. 2000. Two two thousand three time frame is that two thousand four to two thousand five. Okay, two thousand four two thousand five. Yeah. So then, so it's hard to. I mean, so I, I guess time. It just goes to show how time flies. But then that was then yeah. like, so he was Colonel Brown back then, and now he's like That's four right. star General Brown. Is he still in the army? Yep. Is, is he? Is he? Yeah, he's, he hasn't yeah, retired yet, right? No, he has not retired. Yeah, he's commanding out in uh, in Hawaii still at uh, User Pack. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so yeah. um, you're about to mention another classmate, I think, right? Yeah. So the uh, I'll just go through. I mean, I can do this all night. But um, the other guy that I really want to make mention, he's he's probably never listened to the podcast, but uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Mark Kruman, that was in G4 as as cadets. Uh, we we were lieutenants together um, at our first assignment at Fort Riley in the same company, um, and. I mean, we were buddies back at school too. So I think we were maybe both like civil engineering majors. So, you know, we had done a bunch of stuff in classes. Um, but, you know, as a young second lieutenant, you don't know what the heck you're doing. You're just, you're, you're just trying to keep up and not get yelled at and, you know, get home at a decent time and, you know, and have a good time. Um, but Mark was, he was just, he was more organized. He was more disciplined. He was more, um, more everything, you know, every little measurable platoon leader area. And much like, you know, DA, you know, over the last 28 years for me, I, you know, I would, I just kind of would look over his shoulder and look at what he's doing and watch how he was. I learned more from, you know, Mark that, you know, the first two or three years, um, 
than really anybody I had learned, you know, through OBC. I mean, through all these little, you know, these, these schools and just watching him, him lead was pretty powerful. But the guy that I, um, you know, that I'm, you know, I, I feel closest to that I, I've learned the most, you know, over the course of the 28 years in the army and then the, you know, the four years at West Point was my, my ranger buddy, John Leffers. And, um, I could go on and on about John. We, so you guys were actually you, know, you actually were actually Ranger buddies. You went to Ranger school together. Yeah, he yeah he basically carried me you know through Ranger school. Um, what which which OBC class did you go to? We started. When did you fin- when was, did you go to Ranger school? Basically, did you go like starting December. So we started Ranger school like the week after yeah December the week after Thanksgiving. It was uh like I think the class was three ninety two. It's still ingrained in my head, but right. So we started December through the winter months and then. I think end of February was graduation. So you got a Christmas break. Yeah, we did, which is amazing. Oh my God. Um, but anyway, as I go on and on about John, but you know, we were Ranger buddies, you know, we were, we were great buddies, you know, at, at West Point, uh, Ranger buddies at Ranger school. And then commanding together, um, commanding battalions together, um, at back at Fort Lewis from like 2008 to 2010, you know, so our, you know, we, or pass across, you know, all this, all this way. I was in his wedding. He couldn't make it to mine because he's on some kind of crazy, you know, DRS cycle. Um, but the, the reason I want to bring his name up is, that, you know, I've never served with a man that is more um, uh, professional. I, I know I use that word a lot, but uh, again, disciplined and caring about his soldiers uh, like John. I mean, John could run, you know, a, a core headquarters uh, in the same way he could counsel, you know, a young sergeant, you know, he could develop and mentor a command sergeant major the same way he's, you know, bringing up uh, a, uh, an amazing group of company commanders. I mean, I, I learned more from, you know, watching John, all three, we were at, we were at Lemworth together. I mean, I was always kind of a step behind him and uh, just really, you know, I really just appreciate his friendship and leadership, but I just, I, I, there's so many others that I could I could brag on and talk about, but it's but it's people like like them. It's experiences that kind of shaped us here at West Point that enable you you know now 28, 28 years later you know to talk into a phone late on a Sunday night and just tell you you know say how much you love them. I mean it's a it's a really amazing thing. And you know when we're you know sixty sixty five seventy as we're talking to our grandkids, you know it'll be it'll be people like those three I just talked about, you know, those are the stories I'm going to be telling. And I appreciate Jamie. You let me, you let, let me brag on them for a while. No, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the, um, that's the beauty of this podcast, right? It's, it's an opportunity for us to continue to strengthen the bonds that we have as classmates. Um, it, you know, it also, it's, I mean, a, a big part of it too, is to draw attention to the developments, what's happening at West Point, and also to highlight our class gift. And this is one of the things that, that I'm the class giving officer. That was the whole reason why I got this thing going was because I was finding myself like reconnecting with classmates, having these really rich conversations, um, you know, while I was also talking about our class gift. And I was like, wow, there's, there's probably something that could be done here to, to spread this, yeah. you know, and, and I knew this guy, Joe, who's, you know, got this radio station and this equipment, which I'm actually using a solo tonight. And I'm, I think we're, we're, who knew, you know, who, who needs Joe now? Right. I mean, Joe, yeah. but, um, and, Unless it's just me and you talking to each other. <laughs> well, we we have been dropping on and off though. I know there's some bandwidth issues with Facebook, but the uh, good the good news is is that this whole thing is being recorded, and so it'll be on Podbean. 
Um, and we'll, and people, you, people will be able to listen to it completely. So yeah, it doesn't bother me. If it's just me and you, I'm enjoying the yeah, conversation. No, it's, it's it's good to catch up. And I mean, you and yeah. I, we didn't know each other really at West Point or in the Army, but you know, you just find that you've got this bond with people. That, you know, like I, you know, there's been probably, you know, some people were asking me about how do I decide who should be on the the podcast? How do I how do I prioritize it? And so, uh, just to talk a little bit about that, I mean. First of all, you know, I'm trying to hit every company, right? Um, so that we've got some diversity and we're trying to, you know, get each one of these companies up to 91% giving rate uh, for our class gift uh, because yeah. that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, the Mighty Mighty F1 is the only one that has reached that level. We didn't quite bring home the, we, we didn't bring home the brigade championship, but we, we are, we are yeah. leading in that. And, the question uh, is, yeah, what's yeah. But, but I mean, ultimately yeah. I would love to be able to, you know, hand over our class gift at the 30 year mark and say, we're the most yeah. generous class in Academy history. And that would That's be, awesome. so yeah. the most anyone has ever given is 88%. I want us, I want us to be at 91%. So but getting That's back great. to the, the podcast dynamics. So, you know, I was, I was cognizant of the first couple I had, you know, I had, um, John Keenan on, I had Andy Hall, I had uh, the West on. I said, you know, I want to make sure that yeah. I've, I get a good representation of male and female, make sure that we've got good diversity of, you know, of people that come from, you know, um, various different backgrounds. And so I'm trying to also keep diversity among that and get to each one of our companies. And so this is podcast number 21. So um, I've gotten a little bit more than 21 people because a couple of them have been with more than one person, but uh, I will get to every yeah. company. So I'm prioritizing those, you know, the balance of the companies that I haven't gotten to. And so yeah, um, awesome. if anybody is listening to this and they've got good ideas of people that they want to have on, uh, please let me know. I'd, I'd love to just sort of like, you know, and just randomly reach out to people and yeah. see what I could have on. I tell you, I don't know. If, I don't think you've, I don't know if you've reached out to them yet, but um, um, just cause I, got to spend you know two and a half great years with him here recently at West Point is Scott Halstead. Yes, can, I did try to get him. He's uh he was in the middle of PCSing when I last yeah, yeah. he's a tough guy. I know he's I think he's he's I mean he's he's a tough guy to get, I mean he's just busy. He's working hard but now he and his family are settling down at uh, outside of Fort Benning so hopefully he's got a little bit of time. But it, the reason I bring up Scott is one, he's got unbelievable insight of the academy mm-hmm. and like a passion and a love for this place that, you know, is, is unrivaled, unrivaled. Yeah. unrivaled. And, um, and he's just an amazing, he's, he's an amazing individual. I mean, he will tell you exactly what he's, what he's thinking, he, you know, it, it, always maintaining the standard and, uh, and it just, you know, a genuine, genuine affection for our profession. So he'd be incredible. Yeah. I think he'd be awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to get him on. I actually did ask him and, um, I, I'm gonna, he's on my list of people. Um, yeah. I'm looking to take a little bit of a break, though. I'm going to not do any in August because um, I'm traveling and I'm dropping my daughter off at at college. And I'm yeah. probably going to need to be, you know, um, I'm going to need some to check myself into a, you know, mental health <laughs> institute or yeah. something after I do that. My my little yeah. baby girl. And dropping my yeah. son off is not a big deal. Dropping my daughter off. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. panicked over I'm the that same way. Yeah. yeah, the first two were not easy, but the first two were not. The, this this last one was just painful. It was hard. Yeah, it's gonna feel good though because you know you know that they're safe if they're at West Point. You know, like yeah, like, I mean, yeah, you might get hit over the head with a lockbox and a pillowcase or something, but that yeah. you know you're not. That's that's you know you can survive that. That's not terrible, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, you know that it, there's not too many places in the country where you, you know on a random Thursday night, you know at two in the morning that you know that you're you know. You're hoping. I mean, there's always exceptions, but you got a pretty good confidence that they're, you know, safe in their rooms. 
I'm looking at some of the comments here. Moose George is saying, I, I feel you. I, I need to redo my proposal as well. <laughs> Moose, Moose was listening to that. That's funny. I'm looking at some of these other comments, see if we have other things to respond to here. Terry Rice, well, Terry Rice is another E1 guy that I've been trying to get on. He's, he's eager to get a bunch of um, oh. cybersecurity people on to talk about cybersecurity. Yeah. So. That would be good, too, yeah. Yeah, so I haven't done E1, so I definitely I need to get some. So Scotty Halstead was, was E1, so. Oh yeah, there you go. So uh, yeah, I, yeah. So so then uh, your last couple assignments. So, I mean, I know we were talking about like you know circa 2000, you know, four to 2006, but then so that was that was when you were a major. You were uh, battalion S3, right? So yeah. yeah. So then so then and then you did your you did your. Uh, battalion command in, at Fort Lewis, you said? Yeah. And yep. Leffers was your fellow battalion yeah. commander with you, your ranger buddy. Yeah, so he, yeah, he was uh, command of 138, uh, Rock of the Marne, and I was command of 49 Manchus. Of course, he was main effort. I was supporting effort one, you know, kind of always trying to keep up with him. But, uh, yeah, so it was it was neat. That was a, that was a great group, too. We had a, just a, an amazing group of officers and NCOs. I'll tell you that, so of the, 28 years or so for whatever reason. And it's all about the people, of course. Um, it was just a neat, um, a neat time. Uh, you know, we had, we had a deployment in there, um, but it was, it was not like, you know, any, it wasn't like the first deployment that I described. So much, much, you know, except for, you know, being a part of your family, it was, um, no, nobody was getting shot at really. So mm-hmm. it was a very quiet time in Iraq. Uh, which gave you the opportunity to really try to in, invest in the Iraqis. But um, did you was, did you, uh, did you find yourself back in the same spots that you were at, like you know, six, what four or six years before? Like, were you yeah, in the no. same area, same geography? No, our first one we were up in northern Iraq, um, all all over Mosul, and then the second one um, right outside Baghdad, kind of Abu Ghraib area. Uh, John was actually like smack dab on Abu Ghraib. And then I was a little bit further out in the west, kind of in the boonies a little bit. But um, and then further to my west was a '92 guy named uh, Trevor Bradenkamp, who's um, he's either a general now or he's going to be a general. All these '92 guys are just flying by me. But um, and he, he and he's incredible too. And then uh, so so what did you do after that? After well, well first yeah. of all, did you were you and Leffers were you like did, like was one ahead of the other in timing? Like who went to whose change of command kind of thing? Like. I think it was like a day apart. You know, really? you may have taken, yeah, it was because you know they for for many years there, kind of even now that you know they just do these huge change out. You know, they get through a deployment, uh, kind of recover all their equipment and people, and then they do a huge change out of leadership, do a, a training cycle, and then deploy again. So, you know, for for many years there, everyone's kind of swapping out at the same time. Um, yeah, so we, we we took over within a day, and I think we changed command uh, within a day. And then where was what was next after that? So I, I went to um, I went to the Naval War College after that up in Newport, and I taught for a couple of trimesters because I got there just a, a little bit off cycle a little bit earlier, and um, and then I went to school there, and then um, got the opportunity to command a brigade at uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina, a training brigade, and then um, did that for two years, and then over to CENTCOM for two years. I was in the the plan shop. And then, uh, and then a year in Hawaii um, with Usurpac, and then over here to West Point. So, it um, 
yeah, we were bouncing all over the country there for a while. Some neat places. I mean, CENTCOM is, you know, except for um, a relentless, you know, kind of a backbreaking um, assignment, the, um, you know, the location is incredible. So, yeah, who, who, was the commander, who was commander of CENTCOM when you were there? General Austin was command, commanding for like the first year and a half or so that I was, well, he, he, he had been in command when I got there, but um, a year and a half of the time I was there, it was General Austin, and then General Motel took over. Yeah, General Austin was our TAC, uh, our, our um, E-1's TAC. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I, was, I was always wondering, like, you know, you see, you, you cross paths with these, with these people at West Point. They're just, you know, yeah. lowly yeah. captains and majors. I have no idea that they're going to, you know, and of course, it's the same thing with, you know, years later and everybody else. I mean, there was heroes among us always, yeah. you know, we just, it just didn't, uh, yeah. just, just. I guess we all had we. It's just about time and chance, and, and to 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 some degree. But it was just amazing yeah. that we were surrounded by such it, yeah. amazing people. I love that quote too. Here's among us. I mean, because you just don't know. You know, you just kind of. And as a cadet, I was you know I was scared. I didn't I didn't want to talk to officers. I mean, I barely wanted to talk to the upper class. You know, I was just kind of trying to keep a low profile. But it's amazing. I, I think that's a missed opportunity. You know, I should have been a little bit more. Um, I don't know, engaging. I guess, and, and you know, asking more questions, but. Yeah, they were all over there, you know, all around us. Yeah. So what was your favorite assignment in the Army? So probably that um, I loved uh, I loved commanding this uh, airborne company up in Alaska. DA was up there again. Yeah, he was, he was company commander, but uh, same battalion. That was 6th um, ID? 6th ID? Uh, it was for a little while. They just they did a big kind of a patch changeover a few months after I got there. But it was 6th ID for a while, and then it was... Uh, 172nd, I don't know. But uh, we were first to file first uh, an airborne battalion. So the coming command was incredible. And, um, you know, jumping on planes was awesome. But the, the NCOs up there were just unbelievable. And, that, uh, that, was also, kinda, that was also pre-9-11, right? I mean, obviously. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you it think, was weird, too. Uh, I, I think of, I mean, I was, I, was, I was in the Army, you know, pre-9-11. And then post-9-11, I got mobilized. I was back in the Army, right? Um, yeah. And so... I always think about that as like, like there's a huge, I mean, that, that was like, I mean, for, for you, for, for all the career army officers, that, that must be, you, you must measure, you must measure like time based upon that nine eleven. I mean, I think, I think we all yeah. do to some degree. I mean, everything, everything changed back then. Right. I mean, like, That's right. and like everything got real, like, and yep. it's been real for, for, yeah. the, for, for that time. Yeah. You described it really well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that company, and then probably the best was that battalion command, um, just because of you know the company commander was incredible. I had a great command sergeant major. Uh, I mean, the whole thing was just amazing. So, you know, those are probably the two best assignments, I guess. But this one's pretty good. This one's this one's a uh, this one's a pretty neat one too. Yeah, I imagine that this is. Um, I think you know the kind of assignment you can sit back and really start putting the pieces all together in your head and say, oh, you know, this makes a lot of sense and. Yeah, this is like you know, kind of like getting back to your roots, you know. Yeah, it's a nice way to to kind of finish up everything, and uh, we're just we're lucky and blessed to, you know, even have the opportunity. So it's it's been pretty good, you know. We uh, uh, ninety one group that's here. Uh, we just lost Scott uh, down to Benning, but you know Mark and Holly West, they're you know they're pillars here at West Point, and uh, they're still crushing it. You know, Mark's sprint team is like you know best in the world, you know, 10 years straight. And, uh, 
and then Holly, she does she does some incredible incredible things for the academy. She's been doing it for for a long time too. But um, and they've got an amazing family. But and then Andy Hall and then Chris Hartley is is over in in our uh, department a lot, and uh, and he's doing a great job too. So I think that's that's all the ninety ones. Ninety ones in the in the Hudson Valley, kind of in the FBI, mm-hmm. uh, kind of some you know heading down to the city. But I think that's all for for West Point. Yeah. I think that um, I know that Chuck Pochet was trying to like finagle his final assignment to be there. He's a uh, company F one. He's trying to get to be uh, you know chief jag officer. I don't know if that's possible. And I, I know Eric oh, Christensen wow. in '92 was doing that for a while. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Tell him to send me an email. Yeah, I will. I will. I mean, I, I, Chuck would be great um, to have there. So Chuck Pochet. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I, I have to say, I think about something, I, just getting back to this whole like pre-9-11, post-9-11, I mean, um, I am so grateful to you, to our classmates that continue to have, you know, these amazing uh, military careers, you know. Um, you know, I think of, um, I mean, you, you look back at your 28 years, I mean, how much of that time have you been, you know, deployed away from your family it's, it's years right yeah. how, how well years? for me yeah and i'm kind of on the the lower end of the scale but i just you know i had two um year-long deployments to iraq which is you know just which is less than you know many of our our buddies and our peers um i was just doing some assignments that there wasn't you know just 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 weird timing but yeah so i had two and then, uh, but thanks for saying that, Jamie. I tell you, for most of us, I, I think for all of us, I mean, it's 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 nice for you know when when friends and and uh, when people say thanks. But it's honestly, it's just something you know. You know, I, I can only speak for myself, but you know, we've loved every step of the way, and it's not we don't see it as a you know or a huge sacrifice or you know we deserve the attention or any of that kind of stuff. It's it's what we chose and what we wanted to do, and and, uh, and thankfully, you know, we've been happy along the way. Hopefully we've done you know some good you know along the way as well, but um, it's been uh, it's been it's been an amazing amazing thing, and, and West Point you know gave us this gift. I was going to tell you earlier the um, when I was talking about that that first year, I, I tell this this it's not even really that good of a story, but um, the I tell the story to you know some of those those same families whoever we're talking to. I don't know if you remember this um, this one, I'm sure you do, but. Uh, so Beast Barracks, don't remember which week it is, but I think it was Rob Odd, Robinson Auditorium, uh, when Colonel Butzer got out there with his, his rifle and his bayonet. Do you remember that? Is that, is that image? I I think of uh, Tex Turner doing oh, something. Oh, I said Butzer. Yeah, it is. Sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, Tex Turner. You're right. Uh, Colonel Butzer was his uh, deputy. Mike. Yeah, so I screwed up the name totally. Yeah, Tex Turner. Yeah, Tex Turner. Uh, yeah, you, so you remember the uh, the time he take the, uh, takes the... The bayonet throws yeah, the, it in the, the throws rifle, it, throws it into the uh, into the stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the story I tell people that you know, I you know, I, I try to you know make it as exciting as possible, but um, well, you know, it was pretty exciting. But I remember distinctly when he did that. You know, a couple thoughts going through my head. Uh, one, because he had a cigar, he had like a stogie, and I was thinking, I didn't know they could you could have that inside buildings. I didn't think that was legal, but he was a colonel; he could do whatever he wanted to do, I guess. And then when he slams that you know, that bayonet in the stage, I remember, you know, breaking my eyes away for, you know, a couple seconds and looking, you know, left and right at all of our peers, you know, we all smell bad, you know, all of our heads are shaved, you know, we're just like, you know, all, but I just remember the image of everybody, 
that I looked left and right, like staring at uh, Colonel Turner, of course, by scared that he's going to throw something at us, but um, like leaning forward, you know, just kind of, you know, real energy. And I just felt like, you know, probably for the first time in my life that I was, you know, a part of something, you know, bigger than myself. And, um, you know, from that day forward, it's been, it's been awesome. You know, there's, there's, there's ups and downs and there is, there is real sacrifice, you know, that's, that's occurring around us. But, um, uh, it's been, it's been an honor. It's been an amazing, amazing path. When you think forward, um, you know, you're going to, I think you'll be in this role all the way up until, uh, 2021, right? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And so, uh, you have any, any, any thoughts about next steps after that? Totally wide open. I mean, we're, um, I really just want to, wherever, you know, wherever my wife wants to, to try to, you know, plant some roots and, and, you know, figure out what we want. Totally wide open. Yeah. I have have no idea. I guess I got, I really got to start thinking about that, but, um, we'd like to get some, somewhere warm. These last couple of winters here at West Point have been a little bit, uh, a little bit brutal. So we're going to try to get, you know, somewhere a little bit, uh, a little warmer somewhere in the country. But, um, other than that, we're wide open. I tell you, it's, it's gone fast though. It's like, it's just unbelievable to think that, you know, that, that transition's coming, but we're excited. You know, we're really, we're looking forward to whatever's next. Where's she from? Your, uh, Amy, she, right? Your wife, Amy? Yeah. She, uh, she's from the Midwest. She grew up on a farm in, uh, Western Illinois, like right along, uh, there's like a, where those three states come together, Missouri, Iowa, and Illinois. She lives on a, she grew up on a farm out there. So somewhere, somewhere warm, huh? Yeah. She wants to get like, you know, I don't know. We just want to get somewhere warm. Carolina, not to mess around with these winters. Yeah, Carolina would be great. Florida, Hawaii. Well, you can go. You go. Uh, I mean, Caslin isn't he? Gonna, he's going down to the USC, I think. Right? He is. Yeah, yeah. he just got. Uh, yeah. There's some controversy <laughs> around that. I don't. I don't. I mean, it, it's very interesting to read that all, all the controversy around. Like, I, like this guy's a stud. How could you? How could you people not think that he'd be like the best thing that ever happened to you guys? But I yeah. guess they're they're not they're more irritated by the process, not by the person at all. But. I guess so. And some people just like the attention and like to complain. I mean, I'm sure there's some. I don't know, but it's hopefully it's a really small minority that's you know parading in the streets doing that stuff because regardless, uh, once they spend a little bit of time. If they get the opportunity to spend some time around John Caslin, uh, they will be blown away. I mean, that, he is—he's you know, he, just—he's a real deal. He's a man of character. Mm-hmm. Cares about his people. You know, he's passionate about—you um, know—just helping people be their very best. And uh, and he's going to be incredible. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I look forward to that. So, I, so you know. I think that, you know, in these next two years, as you're thinking about the next steps, obviously, you know, anything that any of our, anything that any of us could do as classmates, we, we want to do that to support you. And, um, you are, you are the hero among us. Like, you know, you, uh, we know you have been through significant, um, challenges in your career. I wish that I could, you know, just take some, um, take some of those burdens along the way with you. I mean, like when, when you get out and you become a civilian, like, like I was, you just feel, you feel this sense of, of, um, I don't know if it's guilt or it's just, it's like, like, like it just, I, I'm great and gratitude, I think for, you know, people that continue to serve. And, um, I'm personally so, so grateful for you and for your, for your family. Um, you know, the example you set for your boys who are, you know, going to be leading tomorrow's army and, 
in today's army. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing. I mean, what a, what, what a blessing you are to our class. And I'm so proud to call you our classmate. Um, so, you know, we're, we're running up against the, the kind of end of this, but, um, any final thoughts, any, any things you want to leave us with that, um, when you think about your experience at West Point or in the army that, um, uh, that you want to, you know, kind of, um, leave with us. Well, Jamie, first, I just want to say thanks for the opportunity. And, uh, and I really appreciate your words, you know, especially at the end. And, uh, but throughout, I mean, what you're, you're giving a gift, you know, back to all of us by, you know, hanging out for a little while on a Sunday night and letting us, you know, tell some stories. So thanks, thanks very much for doing that. That's, uh, that's pretty powerful. And, um, I think the one thing I'd say is, uh, and, and, um, you know, I'm a very small part of this, but, your, you know, our academy and um, is is uh, is doing is doing doing its thing. I mean, these these cadets are amazing, and um, and I know when people are able to visit and spend some time around, you can't help but come away from these conversations just feeling good about the the future of of our army and the future of our nation. And they are really really good. And um, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we make some mistakes along the way because we're just human, but. Uh, there's a group of, of uh, military and civilian, you know, here at the academy that are really pouring their heart and souls into doing their very best. So if you have ideas or you have criticisms or you have any recommendations for how we can do it better, you know, please don't hesitate to send it to us. And, um, um, and, and we'll respond. I mean, that's, uh, that's our job. And uh, there's nothing more important than, than um putting these cadets in a position that they can, you know, really, really do well here. And then more importantly, you know, lead our great soldiers. So, so thanks, Jamie. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We're going to take a little bit of a break and the old grad podcast will be back in September. Uh, and, uh, I will be uh, communicating with the class via Facebook and email to let you know the next uh, set of guests. But, uh, Mark, thank you again. Thanks for being on the call. Duty shall be done. Duty shall be done. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast. Please check back on this Facebook page for information about featured guests and upcoming episodes of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast.